0: I think we ought to thank all these guys for the special music. What do you think? For those of you that don't know me, my name is Gary Wilson, and I'd like to begin my testimony tonight with a question for you. What are you looking for in life? What are you looking for in life? When you're young, you want it all. When you get older, your expectations get scaled back a little bit. But ultimately, everybody's looking for happiness. Aren't you? You just want to be happy. You want, you know, a nice car that'll run, you know, A house that's big enough, but not maybe too big. Maybe you want the big mansion on the hill. I don't know. But you want a good job, you know, the one where people respect you or maybe you have a position of authority. Um, You want to be kind of cool, right? You want to attract the right people, uh, right friends, the right spouse. All that is a search for happiness, so let me tell you a little bit about my search. Um, I was one of those fortunate few that grew up in a white middle-class home. We we didn't lack for food. We didn't have a lot of fancy stuff, but you know we had what we needed. Um, I also had the benefit of growing up in a Christian home and in an assembly. Um, in fact, I even made a profession of faith when i was nine years old and got baptized i taught sunday school i uh i was a camp counselor for many years for younger kids i uh, became the head of the high school and college age group so in the world's eyes i was kind of a church geek kind of thing right but i got news for you that was on sunday that wasn't the rest of the week. Now when you're 9 years old and you get saved, it's not like you give up drinking or gambling, right? So it's it's pretty hard to see how the Holy Spirit works in a young person's life. And I'm not standing up here tonight to try and say that young people can't be saved. That's not my point. My point is I wasn't saved I, uh, I was very focused as a young person. I completed my college in the uh, four years instead of the five, six, or seven that are more common today. Um, and I understand, classes are hard to get. I, uh, I knew my wife for many years and we got married. By the time I was 25 years old, I was a full partner in a CPA firm certified public accountants. My wife was the manager or head of the CCU, the critical care unit at the local hospital. So we had it made. We had two really good jobs. Um, we had everything going for us. We had, had bought a house, in a small condo at the time, but it was, it was big for back then. And we started looking for a property to build a really big house it'd probably be about a two million dollar house today i mean we were on the track but i realized we weren't happy we had it all Had a bmw i mean anything that a 25 year old could want we had but we weren't happy and i can say it affected my wife but more importantly i knew in my heart i was not happy and i it actually I was fortunate in getting to a point in my career where I was really at the top. And I could see that a little bit more wasn't going to make me happier. Everything was temporary. Um, We'd go out with friends, you know, party, have vacations. And for a, a couple of days, you felt good. Or maybe just a weekend. But then you had to look for something else to to keep you happy. And because because of my church upbringing, I realized that this was all spoken about in the book of Ecclesiastes. Let me just read one verse, but there's many of the similar vein. In chapter 5, verse 10, it says, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. So, if any of you tonight are on the same track that my wife and I are on, or we're on, I can tell you exactly where it leads. We decided that it was time for us to uh, maybe start looking for a church again. After we got married, we had moved out of the, the immediate area of the assembly where we had, had been fellowshipping, and conveniently we stopped going to church. And this is a, a matter of a few years. And I don't know how particularly, but I knew that it was God that was missing for my life. So, we had only known a uh, an assembly, or, or a couple of assemblies, all of our growing up life. So we decided that we wanted to church shop a little bit. Anyone ever done that? You ever shop for a church? We go try one on like a hat, see how it fits. Right? We went to... Probably all of the evangelical style churches, and then some a little on the edge of that. And the thing that I wasn't comfortable with is that they weren't sticking to the Bible. Because if they had whatever was more true than what I had heard before, I wanted to make sure it was coming from the Bible. I wasn't going to buy into the Book of Mormon or some catechism or some other uh, crutch. I wanted to rely on God's Word. And we didn't find a church that was really holding, holding strong to the Bible. And in 19... Excuse me. In 1985... Actually, on the way up to this conference, my wife told me about a new work that she'd heard about that was being started in San Lorenzo. happened to be the the town I grew up in. And I said, when we get home, we're going. Now, what was wrong? When I was nine years old, I heard a message about hell. Scared the living daylights out of me. But for me, it may not be you, but for me, I realized that I had a gap in my understanding of the gospel. So, I'm only supposed to take a few minutes here. I'm not going to give you the the full-blown version, but I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest, Reader's Digest version. Okay? Romans 3.23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You have to agree with God that you're a sinner. Do you sin? I sin. I sin a lot. And before I was saved... There were sins that I didn't have the power over to refuse. And that's, that changes when you become a Christian. You're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Romans 3.20 tells us that by our own deeds, we will never be justified. There was nothing I could do to earn my way to heaven. God says that even the best that I can do are as filthy rags. We talked about that earlier this week. So I needed someone who could pay the penalty for my sin. Jesus, God in the flesh, the Son of the Father, was willing to, and able to do that for me. And not just for me, but every one of you. Everyone. He died on the cross to pay for my sins. Let's look at Acts three nineteen for just a moment. <clears throat> Acts 3.19 says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, this is the message of the Old Testament as well, isn't it? All the prophets, they preached repentance. So what does that mean? It means whatever way you're going... turn around 180 degrees and go the other way. You want to know what the problem with my life was? I made that professional when I was nine, but as I got older, I was maybe willing to go 95 degrees, sometimes maybe 120 degrees, but I wasn't willing to turn from my life and go completely in God's direction. You think he wants to settle for 179%? Is that good enough? Not for God dying for us. Romans 10, 9, and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that's the gospel in a nutshell. We're willing to talk with anyone who's unclear about it. You recognize that you're a sinner. You need to repent and trust in the saving work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, evidenced by His rising again on the third day, proving that He satisfied to God the Father the payment of the penalty for all of our sins. So, let me tell you a little, bit, a little story One night I was flying home from Philadelphia. I had a connecting flight in Kansas City. I was supposed to go on to a small town in in Kansas called Salina. It was a a red-eye flight, so I arrived in Kansas City a little after midnight. And I was about an hour and a half um, before my connecting flight was to leave. I took all my stuff to the gate, Read the sign, Salina, Kansas, so I'm at the right gate, it's the right time. I set my stuff there and I went and got something to eat, obviously before 9-11, right? So I went and had a nice late dinner. I came back and got my stuff and they were boarding the plane and I got on the plane and they were saying, uh, you know, thank you for flying, whoever it was, uh, we hope you enjoy your trip to Miami, Florida okay what was wrong with that that situation i did everything i was supposed to do i had my ticket i thought i was in the right place but there was a gap in my understanding of how the airlines worked they sometimes change the gates i never bothered to recheck the board because i already thought i was in the right place So needless to say, I grabbed my stuff and rushed off that plane, fully thinking that I had missed my connecting flight. But thank the Lord that night I made it. But that's an example, I think, of people who make an easy profession. You know, it could be anything. It could be an altar call. It could have been uh, an incomplete understanding of the gospel. You think you've got the right ticket. But Jesus says, in that day there will be those that call me Lord, Lord. And I will say to you, depart from me because I never knew you. And before I understood my situation, that's exactly, I think, where I was at. I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. I was doing my own thing. The pattern of my life was not following the Lord. So if you sin, we all do. But if the pattern every day is an inability to overcome sin, there's a a problem. Now, I didn't understand any of this, but when when we visited what then was San Lorenzo Bible Chapel, um, I asked to meet with one of the brothers to get some discipling. I wanted to understand better the Bible. And after a few weeks of meeting with me, he very simply handed me a cassette tape on 1 John 3. And said, "I think you need to listen to this, okay? so we're not going to go through it tonight. If you have some concerns, please read it. but this is what First John talks about. Um, we can look at just a few verses. 1 John chapter 3, verses 4-10. through 10. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous." He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest, Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Those verses slayed me. This, is, this passage is called, uh, in some circles, a, a test of salvation. It's like you know sticking the dipstick in the motor to see how much oil you got, and it, and it comes up dry. the character, characterization of my life was sin. Now, I always wondered how come I didn't have power over sin. And I always wondered how come I didn't really have joy going to church. And I, I always kind of wondered why the youth group that I was in charge of was more interested in bowling and skiing and doing stuff than hearing about the Word of God surprise surprise okay i was it was it was a a bad or an incomplete understanding on my part it had to be dealt with and as i studied these passages and others in our uh, my bedroom at home I turned my my life over to the Lord. And that's when I was saved. Not when I was nine. When I was 28. There is only one source of lasting happiness. And it is found in the personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. nothing else will satisfy. If you're unable to find happiness, read this chapter. Pray about it. Talk to your elders or someone who can help you understand this. Don't let Satan use this as a, as a lever to undermine your existing faith. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you sin occasionally, confess it, get back in fellowship with the Lord, move on. But if your life is patterned by sin, please consider this.